Welcome to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. My name is Micah Hart, and today I'm talking to Senator Bellino. First off, thank you so much for joining the show today. I want to. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm uh, walking in the snow in Monroe, <laughs> leaving church and heading to my car. Yeah, it's pretty snowy today. Um, well, yeah. first off, obviously, I want to talk about the right to work um, repeal and all that's going on there. What do you think? How is this going to affect businesses and how is this going to affect the state overall, the economy? Just overall, your thoughts on that? Sure. And, and I have lots of respect for union members. You got them in my family, got them in my county, got them all over the place. But uh, if, if you want to put a sign on the door that says uh, Michigan's not in, not in business, you might as well repeal right to work. And that's evidently what the governor wants to do. She wants to spend all kinds of money to lure business, but now do this to get rid of business. And then this, you know, this is a, uh, a bill that will hurt development in Michigan, but the, the, the Democrats have all kinds of bills for that. They have all these polluter bills and, and all these regulatory things they want to change to make it harder and harder for someone to come into the state and build a business in the state or start a business in the state. And uh, I really don't think they have their mind on straight, to tell you the truth. Do you think COVID-19 has really played a part in this whole situation as well with businesses, especially small businesses, having a lot of issues given this, the nature of the economy and the nature of things during COVID-19? Oh, yes, I do. That, that, that's got a part of it because we can't find workers and we lost a lot of people in the workforce that decided to retire. You know, I'm 64. Very few of my classmates are working these days. And, and I talked to Brian Kelly last week. In Michigan, we have... People that are work eligible, 18 to 62, 18 to 62, we have a 60% participation rate. That is abysmal. You can't run a state, you can't run a business with that kind of participation rate. And then you couple on that, all the COVID stuff and all the lockdown stuff the governor did, which killed businesses, and you have a double whammy. It's, it's hard in Michigan right now to get through. You look at what's happening in Indiana. They've got great growth. They've got great uh, low unemployment numbers, less people looking Less, work, less businesses looking for workers in Indiana than we have. And why is that? It was our policies that we instrumented during COVID, which killed our workforce. And I truly believe that. And I believe the governor's got to pay for this. Yeah. And now I want to shift a little bit to another thing that's going on right now with the um, abortion issue. I think we've, yes. we've just seen this recent passage of a Democrat abortion bill uh, in the House. And what are your concerns about that mainly going forward, especially given what happened in November with Prop 3, uh, do you think that the pro-life cause is now just stuck in the state? Or what? What is? Your, do you have hope for the future of Michigan for that? Oh, yes. I, I, always, I always have hope. The pro-life cause is not done. We, we were in this situation 40 years ago. We worked hard at it. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're back in the channels again. But if you look at the bills that they want to pass, I mean— it's so evil. They want to get, a, get rid of pregnancy health centers. So the Helping Hands in Hillsdale and the one in Lenaway and my one in Monroe that do great work for young ladies who are struggling with their pregnancy and need resources and want answers. They do fantastic work. They want to shut these down or they want to make them perform abortions. And this is incredibly evil, to tell you the truth. And, I, and, and when the governor says things like, We've passed these uh, uh, women's rights bills to, to have uh, abortion legal in Michigan, and we're going to bring business in. Hello, hello, Governor. 
no one's coming into Michigan because we're a state that passed that, that prop in, in November. Nobody will come there for that reason. So she's just talking up a tree with no leaves and no animals in it, to tell you the truth. And you specifically are now working on a bill to really fight for one in an alternative way. Would you share what really your goals are and what the Republicans are doing in the state to push back on Whitmer and the um, Senate and House Democrats? Well, they know how we feel. We dropped a bunch of bills last week, and uh, they know that we gain, when we take the House back, these bills are going to start going through the House. When we take the Senate back in four years, we're going to pass those bills and, and change some things. But when, when, the, when the Democrats won that Prop, prop 3 in November, they got really happy, and they said that we're, we're going to repeal the 1931 law. So they got all these bills together. Well, they forgot we had a we had a, 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 an initiative back in the 70s that was uh, started by the voters, and there are some laws they can't change because it's initiative passed by the voters. So they're struggling with what laws they can change and can't change when it comes to the 1931 law. But we're, we'll be up there on the rock fighting them, giving our speeches, telling them how evil they are, and whenever they tell me. Abortion is women's health. I want to puke. I really want to puke. So my bill to save and to help pregnancy help centers uh, uh, is a great bill. I've, I've talked to a couple of Democrats about it, but I, it's going to get no play until we take over the House and we start pushing it through there. Have you been able to talk to a lot of these pro-life centers and groups? And if so, really, what has their thoughts been? What are they? Are you working in um, tandem with them to get things done as well to continue to push for that yeah, yeah. we I, i've talked we've talked to right to life we've had some meetings i got a note from genevieve one of the state leaders after my speech the other day a real nice note thanking me for my bill thanking me for my speech uh promoting life and uh, we'll, we're, we'll keep the battle up um you know when when good versus evil i i believe we the, the good keeps working and and we will come through and we will prevail it may be a few years down the road but we will prevail. We won't give up. And now I want to shift again. There's a lot of things going on in Michigan with big target issues right now, such as abortion, but there's also now the issue of gun rights, and that has really come into play with the last few weeks with the Michigan State University shooting. So I want to really focus on right now, we're seeing a bill there or really pushing for um, to repeal legal protections for the gun industry. What are your thoughts on that? Are you concerned that this is going to continue to encroach on um, the rights of gun owners. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I read the quotes from Democrats, what they say about the bills they're passing through and how they found a, a little loophole where they can go back at the gun manufacturers, that's, that's, that's nonsense. What's next? We're going after people that make cars, people that make computers because something happened on a computer? Or, you know, what, what industry is safe when they want to attack gun manufacturers because they manufacture guns for people like me that are responsible gun owners and don't do stupid things and, and atrocious things like the man at Michigan State. These bills that they want to pass would not have stopped the man at Michigan State. It wouldn't have stopped the young man in Sandy Hook. It wouldn't have stopped the person in Florida. It wouldn't have stopped any of these people. But they've got to do something for their base to placate them, that they are doing something hard They're doing something hard to, uh, to, to please their base and having tough jobs. But here's the problem. When they realize in six years that none of these bills worked because you can't legislate hate, you can't legislate mental illness, they're going to come back with more bills and more bills and more bills. Chicago has some of the, some of the toughest gun laws in America, and yet 
Look at the rate of people dying every every week on the streets of Chicago. And this is what this is this is the fallacy of the Democrats' argument. We never hear them arguing they want to save the life of people in the city of Detroit or Flint or Saginaw. Never. They only speak up when something happens at a school. That's a little that's a little off kilter for me. If you're concerned about gun violence, let's talk about all the gun violence. If you're concerned about gun safety, let's talk about all the gun safety. Let's talk about the 99.9% of people that own guns that are responsible gun owners. But they want to forget that. They want to go to the far extreme and strip us of all our rights. So you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Micah Hart, and I'm talking to Senator Bellino. So as we've been talking about, Senator, right now the big issue of gun rights in this state, and I want to just now go back a little bit to another part of this, which would require safe storage for guns. Um, and do you do you support any measures such as this one or any maybe some other specific regulations on guns or do you think it goes too far even like with one specific piece of legislation that would start really pulling at gun rights of all owners then? Well, how, how could someone not like the words safe storage, which is how 99% of us store our guns out of the reach of children locked up. But when you read this bill, all it really does is want to penalize the person who owned the gun before the, the tragedy happened. So they want to penalize the people in Oxford. And, and then none of these bills would have, would, have saved that Ox, would have saved the Oxford shooting, too. They want to penalize those parents. They want to do something after the fact that something horrendous has happened. Now, when they realize this bill's not working, what will they do next? They'll want to see where the registration addresses are, come to our houses, check our closets out, our basements out, and make sure our guns are locked up safe. And that's the next move in taking our guns away. And I tell you, this scares a lot of people. This scares responsible gun owners, which I've said many times before, is 99% of us. And so the word safe storage sounds good. It prints well. It pulls well. This bill is a piece of crap. And I, I want to um, go back a little bit. You talked about in this part, like, yeah, like safe storage. Like People can kind of get behind, you know, making sure people have their guns stored properly and have those things like people do properly to have their guns and maintain them properly. Do you think there's a misconception being pushed by the left or some anybody really in general in the nation, but also in the state that the right is really the dangerous party with guns? Do you think that's something that we're seeing in this um, as right now, especially with increased shootings um, in like with Michigan state and then Oxford? Do you think that's being the narrative pushed, even though there's truly not really probably as many shootings as people think there could be, you know? Oh, yes. When, when we talk about gun violence, half of the deaths of gun violence are suicides. So I was with a group of people two weeks ago, and they let me know what degrees they had. One was a doctorate. One taught college and had a master's. One taught public school 30 years, had a master's. When I mentioned that mental health plays in gun violence, they were appalled I would say that. They said it never plays in gun violence. So I asked them, so a person that commits suicide, he's mentally stable, and they said, oh, yes. And, and, and the one man said to me, where do you get your facts? What kind of a degree do you have? And I said to the gentleman, I don't have a degree like you, sir, but i got common sense. Anybody that commits suicide is not correct mentally. They've got some problems. There's some underlying issues in that person, and that's half the gun violence in America. The, the young man at, at Sandy Hook, the, the, the guy in Oxford, they had some mental problems. This young man in Lansing. You want to talk about red flag laws? You want to talk about uh, registra uh, gun registration and following where guns are owned? None of these bills 
would have stopped that man. Because the, the prosecutor, the woke prosecutor in Ingham County, where Lansing is located, let this man out of a, of a felony, gave him a slap on the wrist. He was able to buy a gun. There is the problem in America. We, had, we were tough on crime in the 80s, and our president, today's president, voted for those bills, pushed those bills. But now we're so woke, we say it's, it's irresponsible and there's some disparities with crime and we want to let everybody out of their felonies. There's the problem with America right now. That's the problem. It's not, it's not that there's too many guns. It, the problem is prosecutors won't prosecute for the crimes that people commit. Not that they're accused of, that they commit and they're, and, and they're, and they're found guilty of. That's the problem in America today. And do you think that the media has played a part in this as well in um, ramping up, like saying that all this is going on and really you look at the numbers and it's quite different? Um, actually, do you think that is oh, yeah. significant? I, I, I think the media is being paid and fed by the left. I, when, when, when you read the articles in Lansing of things that happened, I mean, uh, they, they gave us Republicans a hard time about sunshine laws, about hiding things and not being open. And look what the governor's doing. Look what the legislature did two weeks ago with the bills they passed. No committee hearings. The, the right to life bill the other night in committee, they tried to stuff, stuff a sub in there that would let teachers negotiate the starting of school, that would let teachers um, negotiate, uh, t- tell the principal what they're teaching and when they're teaching. They would let teachers strike during the school year. These are all against the law. And they wanted to change that. The MEA tried to stuff that in there. Luckily, we got out to all the superintendents of the state. They started calling the Dems, and they pulled it out. They called it a clerical error. But the MEA was pushing this horrendous agenda through because they thought they had the power. And, and I'll tell you right now, if you want to see schools suffer, let the MEA run the schools. You'll see it all fall apart because all they care about is what's best for their members, not the kids. Nowhere in these contracts for the schools that say, we're doing this for the best of the kids. We're doing this for the best of the kids. I'm doing this for the best of the kids. None of it is. And that's the narrative that the press does not want to talk about. They never, tell, they never talk about that stuff. They talk about what they want to push. They want to push that there's too much gun violence. We've got to take guns off the street. I, I owned a, a liquor store, a party store, for 23 and a half years. In one 18-month period, six store owners between Toledo and Detroit were murdered. I always carry Every day I worked, every night I carried. I never had a problem. Everybody came in my store, saw my gun, never gave me a problem. And nobody walked out of my store saying, I don't want to shop here because you're carrying. Because if they would have said that, I would have told them, go buy a store and don't carry a gun then. You know, I had a store with no glass up. People were three feet from me. I never had a problem. Why didn't I have a problem? Because Joe was always carrying. People in my, era, my, my community knew that I, I would protect them and myself from whatever happened in my store. And that's what we lack in America. And the press does not want to talk about that. They just want, only want to talk about is gun violence. And that's it. And I want to go back to one more thing on guns. And you, you were talking about <laughs> the mental health aspect of this. Do you think there should then be reforms? Instead of gun legislation being pushed, do you think mental health legislation should be then pushed? Yes, but the problem is our mental health system has, was broken up 20 years ago and is not any better since. And it really sucks. And I'll tell you, when I see the governor's priorities and she doesn't talk about mental health, I know she's way off base. I know she just wants to be president because nobody cares about mental health in America. We have a serious problem. We're putting tons of money toward it, but we're doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, that's insanity. It's not working. So we've got to make some changes in our mental health system. And it's a lot like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when people talked about drug addicts. You know, a drug addict was in the closet. Nobody wanted to talk about it. But it's out in the open today. People are getting sober. They're talking about their sobriety. It's not shamed upon. 
like mental health is today. So we've got to do a lot more in mental health. We've got to get more people in the field. We've got to put a ton of more money to it. And we've got to be open-minded at mental health. The people with, with mental health problems cause most of the problems in America. That's a fact. And yeah, now I want to um, now go to another issue that you're actually sponsoring a bill on. It's an election bill. Um, what was your motivation to sponsor this bill, especially in this swing state of Michigan? My motivation is we had this bill last year, too, and the governor vetoed it. And I want to get it out there again and tell people we're not going to stop putting these common sense, straightforward bills forward just because the governor is going to veto it or it's not going to get a hearing. If you vote twice, it should be a felony. It should be against the law. Why would the governor veto that bill last year? I think her, her response was it wasn't negotiated. What's there to negotiate? What's there to negotiate when you tell people it's against the law to vote twice? That's, that's, that's just too much common sense, which is what we lack in the governor's administration, obviously. And so she's against all these common sense election reform bills, and she has been since the day one. And the secretary of state wants to get wants people without licenses to vote. They want to give licenses to the illegals so they can vote. They want people who live in California to vote in Michigan because it makes more sense because their vote means something. These are all things that people in Michigan, polling-wise, do not like at all. and They want to change. And I'd love to see on the ballot next term, you have to have a legal license from Michigan to vote. I think people would come out in droves, vote for that, and it would be a wonderful thing for Michigan because we're going way off kilter. Could you see something like that even making it onto the ballot the next election cycle, or do you think that's something later down the line for um, to consider? That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see that would bring people out, I think. And I really think when you look at these gun laws, there's nothing in there about long guns like AR-15s. And that's all we hear about in the press. We've got to get these AR-15s, these assault rifles off the street, in those gun bills at all. So I believe the Dems and the progressive left woke financed by George Soros, will put something on the back and the AR-15 style guns, or what they call the assault rifles. You'll see them push that on the ballot, too. And with the election bill, what what do you think this would be if it passed? What would be this, and you've talked about how Whitmer would, she's against really real election reform, but if it did pass, let's say, what do you think it would ensure for Michigan and Michigan's voters who Obviously, your vote counts everywhere. It is important in every state, but who really have helped pave the way in recent elections for some um, critical victories? Well, I I just think you need to have an ID to vote. I think it should be illegal to vote twice. I think that if someone is collecting, harvesting absentee ballots, that should be illegal. I, I believe in a lot of these common sense approaches to make elections safer. If you go back about 30 years, there was a commission uh, put together by the federal government with Democrats and Republicans, how to make elections safer. The number one thing, get away from absentee ballot votes. That promotes unintegrity and promotes bad things because people will collect them. They'll go to somebody's house, give them 25 bucks, have them sign their ballot and take it, and they fill it out. That happens all the time in lots of states. I believe it's happening in Michigan. I believe you've seen film of people putting 15, 20 ballots into one of those safe boxes. And every time we have a common sense bill to put cameras on the boxes, to limit the boxes, to make the boxes all the same for, for, for voting FC ballots, the governor vetoes it. Now, on the flip side, as a Republican, if we're going to use FC ballots, then we've got to get our people to use them too. And we've got to know they voted before, a week before the election, so we know who to get a hold of that hasn't voted yet. The Dems are wonderful at that. They know who's voted, who's not voted, and that's where they target all their money. 
And we got to start doing that. We've been waiting for years. We know where people will show up on polling day, but maybe it's time to fill the ballot out like the Dems, put it in early, and we'll concentrate on all the other people that haven't voted yet. Do you do you think that that it's a possibility for Mi- Michigan I, Republicans, especially because I mean we saw with the whole with during we have COVID to play their game, sir John. Yeah. yeah, we've got to play their game. We know what their game is. They're better at it than we are because we've done we've done things legally and proper for years. We got to keep things legal, but we got to do things the way the Dems do it if we want to win elections. If she's not going to sign these bills, change these laws, then we got to start acting like they do when it comes to elections, or we're not going to win any elections. And that's a fact. Well, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining the show, Senator Bellino. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. FM and I'm Micah Hart.